Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Climate nuisance litigation has been building for years, and now the Supreme Court is set to decide whether to greenlight proceedings in state courts for several cases in which state and local government officials are trying to hold oil companies accountable for their role in climate change. Industry lawyers have filed three emergency requests that ask the justices to stall cases from Rhode Island, Baltimore, and Colorado. Joining me is Brandon Barnes, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst for Energy Litigation. Explain how state and local governments have been using public nuisance laws against energy companies. Public nuisance is sort of a catch-all category for these state and local governments to be able to try and enforce their idea that somebody should pay to improve the infrastructure that is being exposed to climate change issues. Let's say it's increased erosion from more strengthened storms as a result of climate change. And the way I think about it really is that the courts, through public nuisance as a doctrine, are are sort of the funnel through which a lot of these entities are putting their frustrations with the federal government for not acting on climate change regulation. And and it's a very broad doctrine that's not as well defined. And so you can try to kind of push some of these issues to, to get your result. Industry lawyers have filed three emergency requests asking the Supreme Court to stall cases. Why the rush to the Supreme Court? The real hubbub right now is basically procedural. You know, they're going to the Supreme Court right now to try and really preserve judicial resources and sort of economy to stop allowing there to be so many proceedings on the same issue. How likely is it that the Supreme Court will step in here? It's a high bar. It's a really high bar to get the court to even review this kind of issue because district court orders on remand typically aren't reviewable on appeal unless you fit into a really kind of small exception that's difficult to argue here, which is that there's a federal officer involved. And so they're really kind of trying to twist to get into the court to have them stop this action from continuing in in two jurisdictions at the same time in each one of these cases. They're essentially asking the Supreme Court to decide whether state court proceedings should be held, stayed, or held in abeyance while the circuit court on the federal level decides their federal state court should hear these cases. And that by itself sounds a pretty minimal procedural issue. But the real interesting thing is that underpinning that decision for the Supreme Court is a decision of what type of claim these climate change public nuisance cases actually are. And that is determinative of whether these cases can move forward past procedural stages where they've been grounded in federal common law. If the Supreme Court does not step in, what's the risk to these oil companies if they have to face state court proceedings and discovery there? The risk is in the billions. It's really unquantifiable if we're talking about a worst case scenario because you know, the ask is you need to shore up all of our seawalls. You need to disgorge some of your profits from, you know, the fact that you made a product that you sold to us that wasn't helpful to the climate and then you told us it was going to be. The risk is that they go to state court and the state court applies state common law nuisance claims where you don't know what the precedent looks like and you don't know which way a state court could go. Where federal common law nuisance has already been pretty clearly stated out by Supreme Court and other circuit courts, so you're going from the certainty of potentially a win, and it's a vast unknown if we go to the state courts. What about what might be found out in discovery and, and just the extent that discovery could take? 
Yeah, I think discovery is probably the real risk in my mind as this plays out over years is this is part of potentially a longer term strategy where if the plaintiffs being, you know, the states, the counties and some of the interest groups that are involved get a look at, you know, the discovery materials from some of the companies, they're going to probably try to go on a fishing expedition to try and see what else was there, you know, when certain uh, R&D departments were deciding what happened, what risks were, et cetera, and how they were kind of calculating their own internal risks related to climate change. And we've seen that play out in um, in the Exxon case in New York. It's a different case, but there's been, a, I mean, a two-year protracted battle over discovery. And that, I think, could yield, you know, major other claims if, if they can find that evidence, but they would never have that unless they got to this stage in these climate cases. Five circuit courts have some climate liability cases before them. So this hasn't reached the circuit court stage yet? The circuit courts haven't decided? Not, not, on, this, not on this swath of cases. This is sort of all in the preliminary stages of whether this should be litigated in federal court or in state court. The question that's really in front of the circuit courts right now, and that's the question that's going up to the Supreme Court, because you know, there's really favorable precedent in the federal circuit and federal courts related to federal common law for the companies. And it's an, a vast unknown if we go to the state courts, which obviously, if you're a company, you do not want to deal in uncertainty in these kind of with this in front of you. Thanks, Brandon. That's Brandon Barnes, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst for Energy Litigation. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.